The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m., and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. In today's message, Elder Buddy Abernathy continues looking at the letter to the church at Sardis from the third chapter of the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 5, we find the statement, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. Brother Buddy focuses today upon that statement about blotting out his name and shows us that that's not talking about the possibility of losing your eternal salvation, but rather it's talking about losing the special relationship we have with the Lord when we're serving him and walking in godliness and truth. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. 
Now we want to spend the balance of our time considering that expression, I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. I remember growing up and most of my friends weren't primitive Baptists and I would often hear the expression that you could lose your salvation and they would use this verse to say your name can be blotted out of the book of life. In other words, you may, your name may be written in the Lamb's book of life today. But if you don't live the way you ought, it can be blotted out. And that word blot means to, to erase or to just you know, rub it out. Like if you had... Uh, something with a spot on it and you spray some cleaner and just clean it off. That's the idea there, to just remove it, to erase it. Well, first of all, I want us to look at how this terminology is used in the Old Testament. Let's begin with Malachi chapter 3. Now, this is not talking about our names being blotted out. This is talking about just the opposite of it. In Malachi chapter 3 and verse 16... Brother Chris has quoted this verse several times. It says, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and thought upon his name. Now here, what, what, what were these people doing? They're described as those that feared the Lord. You remember Solomon said in Ecclesiastes that the whole duty of man is to fear God and keep His commandments. Here were people, God's people, living in obedience. And because of that, a book of remembrance was written. Now this doesn't mean that God's absent-minded. This is, this is for our benefit. In other words, this helps us to grasp the idea that God will take special note of His people when they're uh, living in a way that pleases Him. You know, one of the prophets said, or the Lord said, Unto this man will I look, to him that is of a poor and a contrite spirit, and that trembleth at my word. In other words, you can live in a way that you have God's special attention. James said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, not the man who just prays when his life's fallen apart or the person that play, prays as a last resort, but here the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, someone that's living a righteous godly life, when they pray, God takes special note of that. That's the idea here. They feared the Lord and a book of remembrance was written. But notice just the opposite can happen too. When God's people are not living in a way that pleases the Lord, notice how the Bible refers to their names being blotted out. Exodus chapter 32, verse 30. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, Ye have sinned a great sin. In other words, these are not people that feared the Lord. They've sinned a great sin. And now I will go up unto the Lord peradventure, 
possibly or perhaps, that's what the word peradventure means, peradventure I shall make an atonement for your sin. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, Blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. In other words, Moses is saying, Lord, forgive them. But if you won't forgive them, take it out on me. Blot me out. And the idea there is that you are, you, you're, you're taken out of the book in the sense that you don't have that special notice of God. You're not in that book of remembrance anymore. You're on dangerous ground when you're living in rebellion against God and you're out there in life in dangerous situations. God's not taking special providential care of you as He does in obedience. Now, I know a lot of times He takes care of us in spite of ourselves. And, you know, the Bible says, if the Lord should mark iniquities, who shall stand? We know that the Lord doesn't deal with us according to what we deserve, but nonetheless, the principle of sowing and reaping is true. And then notice also in Deuteronomy chapter 9, you'll see this same language used. Now, this is also a time when Israel is rebelling against God. Notice how the Lord describes them in Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 13. Furthermore, the Lord spake unto me, this is Moses, Further the Lord, furthermore, the Lord spake unto me, saying, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. In other words, we're going to do what we want to do. Stiff neck means I am going in this direction and I don't plan on changing direction. You've met people like that. They're determined to do what they want to do and no matter how other people may try to warn them or caution them, they just keep going that same path. That broad way that leadeth to destruction. Now notice what the Lord says. This is Interesting terminology. Verse 14, the Lord says to Moses, let me alone. <laughs> That's kind of unusual, isn't it? For the Lord to say, let me alone that I may destroy them and blot out their name from under heaven and I will make of thee a nation mightier and greater than they. The Lord's saying this to Moses. He says, I'm just wipe them out, and raise up a new nation of people. Now obviously these scriptures are not referring to the loss of eternal life. That's not even what's under consideration when this terminology about this book is used in the Old Testament. That's not the sense in which that terminology is used. And obviously, if you're reading uh, the accounts and the context of these verses, this is talking about God's judgment 
upon his people here in this world. You know, the book of Hebrews says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. See, that's not speaking about eternal wrath. That's the Lord dealing with his people. Now let's go back to the book of Revelation. Now, this scripture in Revelation 3.5, let's read that again. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Now here, as you'll see throughout the book of Revelation, uh, this book is always used in the phrase, book of life. Not a book of remembrance, but the book of life. Now there are a number of scriptures in Revelation that refer to this book of life. And let's see what all of those say about it. First of all, in chapter 13 and verse 8, now let, let's read a few other verses to get the context. In Revelation 13, uh, he's speaking here of this beast. And it says in verse 5, And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. Now, this isn't a picture of heaven, is it? <laughs> speaking great things and blasphemies and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months and he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and power uh, was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations, and all they that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the Lamb's in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now here reference is made to the book of life with, the regard, with regard to those whose names are not written in it. Those names that are not written in it, are worshiping this beast who blasphemes the name of God and blasphemes his tabernacle, which is the church today, and blasphemes his people. And the people that are associated with him are not children of God. You know, a child of God can live in disobedience and rebellion against the Lord, and you may not recognize that he's a child of God, but here is this beast, and those associated with him are actively involved in making war with the saints and blaspheming God. These are evil, wicked men. And they're described, we can learn about those who are written in the book of life by the way he describes those who are not written in it. He says they are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, capital L, that's referring to Jesus, of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now what does that terminology mean when it says he was slain from the foundation of the world? We know he wasn't actually literally slain until about 
4,000 years after creation, about 2,000 years ago, if you take the position that we've been here about 6,000 years or thereabouts, but regardless of what position you take, we know that Jesus was uh, crucified thousands of years after the uh, creation of the world. But here he says that there, these names are not written in this book of life, and this book of life does contain some names, and the names in that book are in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. This is talking about those that God chose in Christ before the world began. And, and, and the Lord uses the language of the Lamb's book of life as uh, uh, to give us a picture of when God chose us in Christ, it's like He made a book and recorded the names of His people in it from the foundation of the world. Now notice in chapter 17 and verse 8, still talking about that beast, the beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. Now, this isn't our subject tonight, but I want you to think about, you know, before Jesus died on the cross, there were a lot of manifestations of what we would call people being possessed. You know, Jesus would cast out devils. You remember there was, there was the wild Gadarene that uh, they would try to bind him with chains and he would break loose and no man could tame him. But when Jesus came on the scene, he then was sitting still and clothed and in his right mind. Satan was, there was a lot of influence and certainly the crucifixion of Jesus as far as the perspective of his enemies were concerned, they were destroying Jesus. So notice now, this says, The beast that thou sawest was and is not. When Jesus was crucified and buried and rose again, that's when the prophecy was fulfilled that uh, his heel... Uh, crush the head or crush the head of the serpent, Satan. So the beast that thou sawest was, is not, but notice this, he shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. The Bible says later on, you know, he'll be loose for a little season. But the good thing about that is, it says he'll encompass the camp of the saints and fire shall come down of heaven and destroy him. Somebody says, what are we going to do in the battle of Armageddon and all these things that are going to happen? Here's what's going to happen. Before it gets started, the Lord's going to destroy Satan. He's going to come and encompass the camp of the saints, that's the church, and fire will come down from heaven and destroy him because the Lord said that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, that the church will not be eliminated in the earth. And again, that's not my subject, but notice what he says. The beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, but then what happens? And go into perdition. Perdition means final ruin. But here's what's related to our subject. 
and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. See, there's some people that the last thing that happens to them, they behold the beast that yet is. They're still a part of him. You know, Satan's not going to be the manager of hell. Did you know that? Satan's going to be cast into the lake of fire. And here's some people that, that they beheld him that was, that is, during the time of Christ, he was unleashed, but uh, Jesus crushed his head. Uh, and as a result of that, we can say he is not. And unto us as the children of God, he's going to ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. But some folks, the final, the finality is they're going to behold the beast that yet is. So see, both of these verses describe the Lamb's book of life from the foundation of the world. And one of them says of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And it's referring to those whose names who never were written therein and never will be. Notice, and we just want to look at this one last section. Because now here's the, here's the good side of it. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 12. Now this is talking about when the Lord comes back. Speaking of the resurrection, verse 11 talks about the great white throne. You know, Jesus said in John, I mean in Matthew 25 that when He comes, before Him shall be gathered all nations and He shall separate them the one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. That's what He's talking about here by the way of symbolic language. Verse 12 of Revelation 20, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. You know, in, 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 uh, I believe it's in Ecclesiastes, you know, the Bible teaches that there, there's one thing where all men are going to be on the same level, and that's when you die. It doesn't matter if you're the president or if you're the least important person where you work or the poorest person in the community, as far as the natural physical perspective is concerned, they all, we all end up on the exact same level. He says, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. Now that's books plural. The books were open, and another book, singular, was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Now this is easy to understand. There's a set of books, and evidently, that's to be looked upon as a record of how people's lives were lived. And you know how many people are going to get into heaven if they're judged by their record in the books? Zero. Notice what he says. He says, uh, the books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead 
that is, those that are not the children of God, were judged out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works, and death and hell was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Now that's easy to understand. There's so much more there I could preach on that we don't have time to. Maybe if the Lord keeps leading us through this book about ten years from now, we'll get to that. But notice what he says. If you're judged according to works, you're only going to one place. But then he says, notice the implication of verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The only people that are secure are those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life from the foundation of the world. And that's my hope. Isn't that yours? I'm in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. And the Lord's not going to say, okay, buddy, I'm going to pull out your book of works. And it's a lot thicker than a lot of other people's book. There's a lot written about the things you did wrong. I'm glad that's not what I'm going to be judged by. There's no hope for any of us if that's the case, but we're going to be judged because our names are in a book that says this one's sins were atoned for and accounted for by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. You remember in Egypt, if they put the blood on the you know, over the door and on the doorpost, the death angel passed by. Didn't have anything to do with how good they were. It was, it was only because the blood was there. Amen. And that's a, that's a type of when the Lord judges this world. You know, Egypt is, is in many ways representative of the world. And when they were in Egypt, they were in Egypt, but they weren't of Egypt. And we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And we need to behave like it, don't we? That we're not of this world. But he says, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. One more in Revelation chapter 21. Now this is talking about heaven. Verse 27, And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. You remember those in Sardis? They hadn't defiled their garments. In heaven, there's no potential for that. Amen. That can't happen. There shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. Neither whosoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Not going to be sin in heaven. There's not going to be those that uh, work abomination. There's not going to be anything that defiles. There are going to be those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, with all that in mind, go back to Revelation chapter 3. Verse 5, He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, 
but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. There's no way he can be saying here, now listen, if you don't overcome, I'm going to blot your name out of the Lamb's Book of Life. That wouldn't, wouldn't go along with all, any of those other verses in Revelation. This here, I believe, and you can see this in the counsel he gives to all the other churches when he concludes his message by saying, to him that overcometh, here's what will be the case. He says here, him that overcometh shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. This, this, is, not, this is an assurance given to him, just like he says, notice this, in Revelation chapter... 2 verse 11 here he's addressing uh, the the church at Smyrna and notice what he says to them uh, with regard to overcoming he says verse 11 he that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches he that overcometh shall not be heard of the second death remember the second death is being cast into the lake of fire the Lord's giving these people assurance he that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death see he was writing all of this book with a lot of symbolic language a lot of scary scenes and he was assuring his people that's not your future lot <laughs> Your name's not going to be taken out of the Lamb's Book of Life. It was written there before the world began. And it'll never be removed. You may, have, you may experience that in the Old Testament, which wasn't the Lamb's Book of Life. You may experience that of your name being blotted out of that book in the sense that you don't enjoy God's blessings. But I'm thankful that He's going to say to those written in the book of life, Come, you blessed of my Father. Inherit, listen to this, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. When was heaven prepared for you? When the world started, it was already prepared. It was prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.